StatsNet Original Podcast. Welcome to Season 2 of the Diffability Podcast, brought to you by the DadsNet and Get Cycling. All kinds of cycles for all kinds of people. Head over to getcycling.org.uk forward slash diffability to find out more and to book your own demo. I'm Paul and this is Michael. Hello. And we are parents to four children, our younger twins, Loton and Lance, and our 16-year-old boys who are soon going to be 17, Levi and Lucas who have autism, epilepsy, along other complex disabilities. And together, we are the Atwell Bryce family. In this podcast, we'll be taking a look at a range of different conditions that can affect your children and speaking to experts from various organisations to get you the best advice out there. From early detection to helpful resources and even some tips and tricks to make everyday life that little bit easier. In this episode we will be focusing on deafness in children. As we all know deafness is a complete or partial loss of hearing that has a big effect on how children communicate and we only know too well ourselves having fostered a child that was deaf and had to have cochlear implants and how difficult it actually can be at times. In 2021, Rose Ailing Ellis became the first deaf contestant to appear on Strictly Come Dancing, winning the series and even receiving the visionary honours for Inspirational Person of the Year. Obviously, such a high-profile appearance has really helped bring deafness into the spotlight and increase the number of people coming forward for help and advice from organisations. Organisations such as the National Deaf Children's Society. Emma Fraser is a teacher of the deaf at the NDCS and we caught up with her to get some insight on how important the role as a parent is in early detection. The best way to communicate with deaf children and she starts by telling us about what support the National Deaf Children's Society can provide families. Yeah, so the National Deaf Children's Society um, provides, it's it's around supporting families and their children um, right from that early identification. So, you know, babies can be identified as deaf as kind of as early as two or three weeks old, all the way through to, into young adulthood. So when they go into work or further education. And we, you know, we see deafness very much as it's not a learning disability. You know, deaf children can achieve everything that everybody else can, but they just need that extra support and they need that access. You know, we live in a hearing world, don't we? And and, and it's so hard for deaf children to access what everybody else can. And so what we want to do is to kind of show families and show deaf children that they can do as well as everybody else. And we do that by providing advice and information and support right from that very, you know, their whole child journey you know and also we do a lot of work around getting families to come together because we really recognize the fact that 
you know, families are stronger together and when they have other, and, and deaf children are stronger together as well. So we have a, a website, part of our website, which is dedicated to deaf teenagers. It's called The Buzz. And, you know, it's all about, you know, deaf young people's issues. Well, everybody's young people's issues, but they can come together and see it from a, from a, a deaf young person's perspective. And so, yeah, and we just try and, um, you know, approach all things deaf and look at it in through a positive framework and provide those solutions and the information that parents and, and, and deaf children need. I think that's really important what you've just said there, Emma, about that deafness is not always like associated with a learning disability because when we had the little girl that we fostered, I think she was about two. She was so intelligent. She was so bright mm. and it was just the hearing part that we're missing. And yeah. that's often the case. And it were like, well, worried about how we'd toilet train her and things like that. But she picked stuff up so, so fast. She was so bright. Visually, she would learn yeah. so quick. And then when she eventually oh, had oh. the implant and, and all the hearing came back and stuff, it kind of just put all the pieces together for her. What I always remember, she used to always pull her hearing aids out and you'd hear that whistling noise all the time, remember? Um, and then we'd, lo we'd lose a piece and we couldn't find it. Yeah. And, then, and then we were like, pieces, where's you? the battery gone? Where's the, oh, the middle tube part? And, yeah. and, and, and bless, bless her little heart, she used to call them her ear grenades. Yeah. <gasps> That's fantastic, isn't it? Her uh, ear grenades. I love that. Ear yeah. grenades. Yeah. And, uh, but, I mean, we, you know, we learned so much from that just to know that the impact it actually does have. I think that, that side to it's changed a lot, though, hasn't it? The, the stigma of the massive hearing aids and everything. Now, she had, like, little pink ones and there's all different types and, and different equipment out there now, isn't there? And it's a lot more child-focused and child-friendly, what, what products are out there now as well. Yeah, I mean, technology's come on such a long way, hasn't it? And like you say, you can get the hearing aids and you can get them, like, personalised, can't you? Yeah. little ear moulds, they can have things put in them, like their favourite cartoon character and or yeah. their hearts or the same colours as their football team or whatever. And then there's these stickers that you can get as well. You can, like, decorate the hearing aids in different stickers or you can get them in different colours. So, yeah, I mean, it's really important, isn't it, that, like, hearing aids are seen a bit like, you know, glasses are such a fashion statement, aren't they now? But yeah. hearing aids were always used to be associated with being a bit older and, you know, because yeah. a lot of older people have hearing loss and stuff. So, yeah. yeah, it's really important that kids don't feel that the hearing aids are kind of embarrassing or or not cool. Um, so, yeah, but the technology, I mean, the stuff you can do as well, like the, the streamers and stuff now, so they can, you know, the kids can stream all their you know, the, 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 their mobile phone information or their iPad information. It can all go through their hearing aids. So, I mean, that's been huge for, for them as well. So they're kind of yeah. really connected. So, yeah, it makes a big difference, doesn't it? But I just wanted to pick up what you were saying about that language and communication thing with, your, with the little girl that you fostered and how great she was visually and how you kind of brought that kind of language and communication to her. I mean... Did you, did you do much signing or were you just like natural gesture or what kind of things did you do? We, we, went, on, we, we went on courses because we had to get into her world yeah. without a doubt. That was the focal point for us to be able to get into her world, to be able to then teach her. That was the priority yeah. for us. 100%. The lady that was, yeah, the lady that was linked to her, she was really good. So she was involved at nursery and teach nursery the same as what she'd teach us. So she were getting like everything the same all round. Um, and 
we, 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 it was BSL wanted that we were learning with her because they wanted her to use like British Sign Language because I, d- I don't know if you're aware, but we've got older boys who have got special needs. So a lot of them were like Makaton based. So it were like different trying to get into the proper British Sign Language is very different to like Makaton, although some bits are similar. But I, I think for young children, uh, toddlers upwards, I think, you know, um, CBBS with Justin Fletcher, they have done a lot of work there. But then they've had a proper one out with sign language. Yeah, yeah another signing. Like, there's a lot more on TV, and it's a lot more. And that has uh, certainly helped being deaf uh, to be more accepted within children growing up, and for children to understand that children are different, you know, and we're all unique in our own ways. And that has really helped. I think it's been very, very good indeed. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I think seeing other deaf kids and um, other adults using sign language or deaf people using sign language is just a really important thing for deaf the deaf children to see because quite often they think they're the only one, don't they? They think that they're the only deaf child in the world. And, you know, they may go, I don't know about your little girl, but you go to nursery, for instance, and they might be the only child in that nursery or that might be the first time that the, um, that the teachers have met a deaf child and they're like, they're always really interested, but they just don't know, do they? And um, and I think because we often describe deafness as low incidence, so there aren't that many, about 50,000 kids that with a diagnosed deafness. So, you know, they often are the only person and their families, you know, the only person in their families who are deaf as well. So they're, you know, they've got hearing parents. So the whole thing is just like, you know, it can be quite isolating for them sometimes. So, yeah, having those opportunities to see people signing or deaf people doing doing things and being really successful is just so important. But I just kind of just wanted to say as well that um, I think lots of people feel really worried about communicating with deaf kids and, and deaf adults and they get quite anxious about what to do and, and how to get it right. And I, and I just wondered whether, you know, just having thinking about like the stuff that that a lot of deaf people do use spoken language but they just don't have as much access to it so it's kind of like knowing isn't it how to communicate really well with a with a deaf person or a deaf child and not be worried about how to do it so um i mean you kind of talked a lot earlier on about bringing language to the child so you kind of like i was thinking it sometimes it's a bit like a bubble isn't it you know so for some deaf kids they can't, they're not getting the communication that we get. So you need to bring their language and communication into them, into their bubble, really. And you can do that in lots of really simple ways. Um, so it could be the fact that you just get their attention before you start talking and come into their eyesight, into their eye line. So, you know, a little tap or a little just wiggle your fingers and get them looking at you first. And and it's stuff about, like you were saying about, you know, gesture and, and sign especially with little ones, uh, the British Sign Language is, you know, it's a, it's a beautiful language, but, you know, just using a bit of gesture or a bit of pointing or a, showing what you're thinking, you know, on your face makes a huge difference, doesn't it, for them. And so you don't have to be worried if you don't know signs, you know, or you can make up your own signs as long as, you know, I mean, I'm sure you probably had, didn't you, some what we call home signs that were like yeah. special yeah. to you guys, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> that only you sort of knew about. So that's fine as well. It's, I think it's really important what you've just said then because – it can be difficult to learn. And as long as you're like attempting just to communicate in any type of form, especially with younger children, I think that's more important than 
than trying to get it spot on. I think what you've just said then is really important for people to hear. I always think with signing, teaching the young child uh, to sign, I always, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I always think facial expressions are so important because you can't just sign and have a blank face. You, 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 visually, you can learn so much by somebody's facial expressions as well. Would you agree with that, Emma? Yeah, you're spot on. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think deaf kids often use people's faces. And, you know, it's really important, isn't it, that you actually show what you're thinking on your face? Well, obviously not everything that you're thinking, but, you know, if you kind of say, if you're talking about something that's happy, you show that you've got a happy face, you know, and, 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 or if you're, if you're telling, if you're being a bit, you know, telling them off about something, you show that kind of slightly more stern face to them. But it's not just the expression, it's the lip patterns as well, I think. So, you know, they get, you can't get all language off the lips, but you do get some information. So, you know, making sure they can see your face, making sure that you're kind of talking normally and naturally and at a good normal speed, and also that you're not kind of like in darkness so that you've got a nice, you know, there's there's light on your face. These are kind of like... They appear to be quite little things, but or people sometimes talk with their hands in front of their faces or they talk and they turn away. All of these things, like you've missed that really important word or that really important phrase, or and then the deaf child's lost what was said. So it's kind of makes a huge, a little thing can make a huge difference. What, um, what would you say, Emma, the top three tips are for parents when the child's either just been diagnosed with deafness or there's some concerns around hearing? What would be your top three tips for them type of parents or carers? Yeah, I mean, that's a really good question. And I think, you know, if you've got a child that's just been identified as deaf, I mean, it can feel quite overwhelming and a bit um, scary. So the thing is, I think, is, is just to carry on being a parent to them. Don't change what you're doing. Don't kind of think, I don't know what to do now. They can't hear yeah. me in my life. It's all different. You know, find out information, you know, get on our website, you know, talk to others, see if you can find other parents of deaf kids, get together with them. But, you know, don't sort of feel... That you, what you're going to do is wrong. Um, I think if you're concerned about your child um, and, and sometimes about their hearing, sometimes we know that 50% of kids are not picked up through the hearing screening procedures, so they are going to lose their hearing at some point. And quite a lot of those are between the ages of one and three. So, you know, if you think that your child might have a hearing loss, you know, look for those real simple signs. So if they're a tiny baby, Maybe they're not startling when you cut when, when there's a loud noise, so that kind of reflex or that blink. Yeah. Or, or they do startle when they see you because they've not heard you come in. Or maybe their language is developing more slowly. Don't kind of think, okay, it's fine, I'll just leave it. You know, go, go to the GP, raise yeah. your concerns, because it's just a referral through to audiology. Audiology, it's, it's, it's an easy, isn't it? It's, it's not difficult. You just turn up and, and the testing can be quite... Do a lot of parents struggle with uh, accepting that their child is deaf? Because from a, I'm asking from a parent point of view now, quite an open, honest question here, because, you know, people often come into this world as couples, they choose to be parents, they want, you know, the perfect child, and we all know there is no perfect child out there you know, and they want this child and they want this child to do all this in their life. And then suddenly the child's born and then suddenly they fail the hearing screening, they fail the hearing screening and stuff. 
what support is out there for parents? I think you're right. I think it's quite overwhelming getting that diagnosis or identification. And I think that many um, parents feel, you know, they feel guilty. They think maybe they've done something wrong. They are worried. They have ideas about what um, deaf people struggle with. And they think that perhaps they won't be able to, you know, really simple things. They'll, be, they'll ask questions like, will my child learn to drive? Will they be able to get a job? Will they be able to talk? You know, all of these things are really normal um, feelings and worries to have. And I think, you know, the most important thing is, is that once you've got that identification and, you know, it is important to get that identification, then the support can come in, then then parents can get support and families will seek support in lots and lots of different ways. And, and that's really important. You know, they need information. You know, deafness is full of technological, technical terms, you know, and hearing aids and cochlear implants. They're complicated, aren't they? Yeah. 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 And like, how are they going to learn to talk? What are they going to learn? All of this kind of comes in on you, doesn't it? And it's so, you know, it's, it's to seek out that information. Come to our website. You know, if you get... If you get that diagnosis, you'll get support from a teacher of the deaf, perhaps, or a language therapist, you know. Um, And like we said right at the beginning, you know, if you can find groups of other parents with deaf, you know, get together with them as well, because I think there's a huge amount of emotional support and learning that you get from from, from other... I think that's that's kind of your top three tips into visit the website, get more information. If if you're struggling, go, go to your GP, get it assessed and get the ball rolling and then... It's really important for like the the support groups and stuff. We found that with the boys with being autistic, speaking to other parents in the same situation. I think so, it comes back to the same thing as early intervention, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, early intervention really is. And you're, and you're not alone. There is other people in the same situations, isn't that? And uh, you know, as a parent, you have to be open and honest how you feel. You know, to to be able to work through all those emotions, yeah. uh, We, I think we've dealt more than what we think with deafness. Because my mum was deaf, but her cords through. She won't. She wore hearing aids. She were like fell out of a window when she was little, so that were like acquired uh, deafness. And then, uh, as older boys, Levi and Lucas, they've had grommets and different issues with their ears, but that they have had their ears checked, and I think that they're not deaf. But we've had a lot, of, lot to do with different things to do with deafness and audiology centres and stuff over the years, aren't we? But you just, yeah, you just don't realise, you. So, Emma, please tell us, if anybody's listening to this, where they can contact you guys and please tell us your social media accounts. Right, so our website is www.ndcs.org.uk and if you go on there, you'll see all our information and helpline and how to get through to us and how to contact us. And I don't know our social media accounts. That's like, oh, and now I feel really embarrassed. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh no. Just if they type in the National Deaf Children's Society. You'll come up on all social media. <laughs> yeah, everything, all the information will be there, honestly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, if anybody's listening to this and they can't get in touch with you guys, they can reach out to us and we'll forward them to you. That's absolutely fine. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much. I mean, I just feel very honoured to be on and, and talking to you guys. And you've obviously got loads of experience. So it's been, you know, you've asked some great questions. And, and thank you so much for, for having me. And um, yeah, it's been great. Thank you.
every episode we want to share with you our top tips and recommendations for getting out and about with your kids whatever their abilities or needs are this is get outdoors with get cycling Get Cycling provide all kinds of cycles for all kinds of people. That's everything from trikes and tandems to wheelchair friendly bikes and the ones with harnesses too. Head over to getcycling.org.uk forward slash diffability to find out more and to book your own demo. So this episode we'd like to recommend Alton Towers for all you adrenaline junkies out there. If your children love that uh, sensory experience with the wind in their face, you know, it's a great day out. We absolutely love it as a family and we recommend for lots of families to go there. There's so many different things you can do. There's the small rides and you can take the whole day at your pace as a family. And, you know, the child's needs are first there because you go with whatever that child is feeling comfortable with. And it's just a great, wonderful day out. So we recommend Alton Towers. Yeah, we've always found Alton Towers really accessible for children with disabilities and they have worked really hard. Um, So it caters for all different types of families as well, which we think is great. You can make a weekend of it and stay in the hotels. And if you're not into big roller coasters and stuff, there's lots of smaller rides and there's obviously the gardens and the actual Alton Towers, the listed buildings. And it's a really nice scenic park so we really like to recommend that to get out and about always take a cagoule just in case it starts to rain because the weather here in the uk is very unpredictable but definitely alton towers and that's all from us for this episode if you have found this podcast useful, then make sure to check out the other episodes we have available and share it with other parents. The best thing we can do as parents of children with additional needs is to keep talking, keep sharing and keep helping each other out. After all, we are all in this together. If you'd like to hear more from us, you can find us on Instagram at family, or click the link in the description below. Thanks for listening.